0: This interview was recorded at HalCon. I was lucky enough to go a couple of weeks ago, and it was an amazing show. I want to thank everyone involved for setting up this interview and for just putting on an amazing convention. You can find out more information at hal-con.com, and the event dates are already announced for next year, uh, November 8th to 10th, 2024, at the Halifax Convention Center. Again, search HalCon for more information. Hope to see you there. Hey everyone, Mark the Canardian here with a very special episode of the Holocron Chronicles. I am joined by Timothy Zahn, who I'm sure for any Star Wars listeners listening, uh, Star Wars fans listening, yeah, it needs no introduction. Um, but, uh, Timothy, thank you for for joining us. Thank you for uh, for talking to me today. How, how are you doing so far?
1: Doing great. Uh, uh, Halcon has been wonderful to us. A lot of exciting excited people a lot of good fans a lot of uh, signings of books and other items so it's been great so far excellent excellent uh for anyone that might not know
0: what what has been your involvement in in star wars what uh
1: what have you what have you done give us a little even cliff notes version i guess cliff notes version okay back in 1991 uh, Bantam books with uh, approval and everything from Lucasfilm uh, brought out a trilogy, Heir to the Empire, Dark Force Rising, The Last Command. Uh, in that trilogy I created Grand Admiral Thrawn, Mara Jade, some other characters it picked up five years after Return of the Jedi. uh, it kicked off what was first the, known as the expanded universe, has now been uh, renamed Legends. Uh, but that was the start of basically the series of books picking up, picking up after Return of the Jedi, which, uh, had never been done before and created a whole new world and lots of worlds for Star Wars fans to enjoy. Absolutely. Yeah. It's,
0: it's amazing seeing some of those, like you said, a lot of it's relegated to legends, but it's, it's great to see some characters, uh, I, I was introduced to Star Wars through my aunt, who I was talking to yesterday. She has all your original like the first run copies of air to the empire and and that trilogy uh and sent me a picture of like I still have them. I can't make, believe you're 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 going up there and uh you know growing up, I read the young Jedi Academy, which picked up a few years after yeah. your your books uh and and was introduced to to Star wars that way and it was it was amazing so it's great to see some of those characters. Come through. I know in a in an interview in two thousand twenty one, you said what we would need to do to bring Thrawn back essentially is uh, set up some kind of reluctant buddy thing between Thrawn and Ezra, uh, like the TV show White Collar. They don't need to trust each other, but they need to work well together. Have you seen Thrawn's return? How they actually got back, uh, and and what do you think? What you know? Do do you think you'd still do it differently, or are you kind of happy with how they did it?
1: Um. I like what they've done. They've set up some very interesting plot threads, uh, scenarios, new characters. Uh, again, uh, Filoni has blindsided me, as he has often done with all of us, so this this is a good thing. Uh, it doesn't – I mean, that would be the way – as you described, the way I would have put it. It doesn't mean they couldn't have started out as reluctant allies and broken off someplace in that nine years – but since we don't know that backstory, I don't know what Dave uh, has been thinking. Uh, I hope to get more information from at some point. I really hope to get to write some more novels in that nine-year gap because there's some whatever is going on. It's very interesting. It's going to be a lot would be a lot of fun to connect those dots.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, there's there's a lot going on seemingly in that galaxy. We've seen one planet so far. Presumably there's more. I think it would be pretty fun. Would you be up for for writing more? I mean you're not sick of the character or sick of that kind of thing you're you're still interested in exploring more and more as uh, as time goes on
1: let's put it this way: If I was invited down to Lucasfilm to discuss new books, it's a ten hour drive. I would make it an eight <laughs> That's okay. All right.
0: I get the, I get the level of excitement. It's great to see that, that you still, you still love that character. What, what about your characters? Uh, we, we see, you know, Mara Jade is, is an incredibly popular cosplayer, uh, cosplay choice, uh, one that the fans want to bring in. Uh, actually the last guest I had, on this show was a great Mara Jade cosplayer. It goes by Jedi Mama online. And, and she, you know, that's that's one of hers. And, and it, it's it's a character that's stuck around. Um, sadly, we haven't seen so far in canon. I think there's still ways that they could go. Uh, what is it about your characters, Thrawn and, and Mara Jade and, and all of these other ones that... What is it about them that you think has stood the test of time and why they have stuck around and resonated so
1: well with fans? Well, for Thrawn, he is a much different antagonist than we saw in the movies. He is someone who can outthink our heroes. He doesn't rely on the Force. He does not use a sledgehammer the way Palpatine did. He is more a surgeon with a scalpel. He will do, and he's not just destroying for the sake of destroying. He is, as I say, a surgeon. He is, if I can talk a planet into surrendering rather than bombard it into submission, all the better. Um, So that is a character they've not seen before. It's a character that your heroes have to bring their A-game to the field for this. Mara is, I think, very identifiable by both men and women. She's someone who was hurting, who was thought she was doing everything right, uh, has been abandoned, betrayed, does not give her loyalty easily. But once she does, that is she, she will fight to the wall for that person. Uh, she is the type of character I think women would like to be and men would like at their side in trouble. Uh, and, and she is fighting through her own demons and coming trying to come back to what is right and what is good and we all identify with that. Uh, I think that's a lot of her appeal plus the fact she is again like nobody else we've seen in Star Wars and she would do really good action scenes.
0: Absolutely Um, for me personally I'd, I'd love to see her as part of the reason why Luke may have gone a little dark when he was dealing with Ben you know, if, if they had years and years of a relationship of, of closeness and, and uh, something went wrong, you know, some kind of tragic, we saw his father go down a dark road because of the same thing. Um, you know, I'd, I'd love to see that explored, right?
1: We, it, defi- we definitely need to see more than was shown in the sequels for why Luke would go that route. Yeah. Uh, this is a guy who risked his life for his father, who was pretty much irredeemable by everybody else's uh, estimation. He wouldn't let what happened with Kylo and his academy burn him that badly. It would have to be more, uh, I would like to see that done either by me or somebody else as to what exactly had happened. But yeah, uh, something going wrong with Mara uh, could easily have put him into the hermit hermit stage yeah Uh, so and there's nothing that's if something somebody in the sequels had said luke was never married that would preempt it but nothing in that those movies eliminated what i'd done in the books which i think is interesting
0: absolutely yeah it's 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 all you said they were very you know they they definitely changed some things as far Mm -hmm. as like the twins go and all that kind of stuff but like for the most
1: part yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff that fits. Well the twins could have died before this this happened, uh, and Anakin their their other son as well. Yeah. So, uh, again, nothing that was said, Ben was our only child or anything like that. That wasn't said. Right. So we could bring with just a little bit of tweaking the uh Thrawn trilogy could be brought back into canon. Right. Yeah. Do you do you kind of consider that when
0: you're writing newer things that are considered canon? I, I know you're you're kind of famous for sneaking in references from the original books, even if they're legends, but you still kind of, you fit those in. Do you write it as if they're, they're canon? Uh,
1: bear in mind, there's no sneaking involved when Story Group is looking <laughs> at everything. I'm sure. I'm doing it with permission. Uh, and I ask first before I do this, because I don't want to have to go back and do a lot of rewriting. Um, I try not to step on anything I've done in canon. I I like to consider my 16 books as one big Star Wars saga, and I try not to contradict myself when I when I can avoid that. There are some places in the later books, the Hand of Thrawn duology, Allegiance and Choices of One, where Thrawn makes an appearance. That's now out of canon because he's been gone for that nine that entire nine year gap. Right. Uh, nothing I can do about those. But the basics, everything I can do to keep everything consistent within my books, I do. Right. And anything
0: that's mildly inconsistent, we can toss up to Hu Yang just telling stories and getting a little detail mixed up. Yeah, right? that works. Especially, yeah, he's he's said the opening crawl. So I, my yeah. interpretation is he's just telling us stories.
1: You, you you read a lot of real history, and you see that something that is discovered about the 1600s now can change a lot of what we thought was happening at that point. So it happens in real history all the time. Absolutely. You mentioned Thrawn's a different character.
0: Uh, where do you draw your inspirations from? Uh, Thrawn, you know, like you said, thought he was right. It wasn't like he was pure evil. He was more of a
1: certain, he respected art. Mm-hmm. He was a very different Empire character. Where, where do you draw inspirations for these characters? Well, well he's not thinking he was right. His goal has always been the defense and protection of the Chiss Ascendancy and his people, and he will do whatever he deems necessary towards that goal. The reason he sides with the Empire is that he has seen the chaos of the Clone Wars and the collapse of the Republic. He fully expects the new Republic to go the same direction for the same reason. Too many political factions vying for control. He wants this part of the galaxy to have a stable, solid military that he can draw on if the Chiss need that. The Empire was it, so therefore he sides with the Empire. Mm -hmm. It's not a matter of I think the Empire is right, it's this is what I may need down the line. So call that pragmatism, call that amorality, call it whatever you want, but that is his driving purpose. Excellent. Excellent.
0: To that end, do you think, you know, he was so far ahead, planning-wise, he did have everything planned out. I got a great question on uh, Instagram from from someone, uh, Camino Armory. They asked, if Thrawn wasn't exiled, do you believe he would have been the turning point? The Emperor would have won. The Empire would have won against Luke. Uh, and and being that, you know, that that good, do you think that maybe that would have been the case?
1: Yeah, I I think that. If you had given Thrawn more command position, if if he'd been in charge of the Death Star, there would be no movies after the first, because I know how he would have uh, saved the Death Star and destroyed the the rebels. He would have heard the lieutenant's warning that there is a problem. And instead of brushing it off like Tarkin did, he would have asked for specifics. And then the simple solution is have one TIE fighter sit on that duct, on that vent and then game over for the rebels. So, uh, that sort of thinking and long range planning, I think eventually he would have won. You give Thrawn full control and full knowledge and he will eventually beat you. He's, he's Batman in the star Wars universe. You know, you give him,
0: <laughs> you know, football field rules and give prep or enough preparation. He's, you know, Batman's going to come out on top. I think Thrawn's kind of the much. same deal, right? Yeah, Pretty much.
1: Uh, that's, that's interesting. Mm. That at a convention uh, some years ago, there was a supervillain smackdown that uh, people chose villains and things from movies and comics. And the last, it came down to Thrawn versus Lex Luthor. And the other, wow. pa- other panelists chose who they thought would win that. It got to me and I said, there won't be a fight. Thrawn will try to recruit him. Ooh, he is too good like a it. resource. Mm-hmm if we can find common ground we can work together too, too good a resource to just destroy i can always kill them later if i need to but let's see if we can come to an agreement i like that i like that and that you really would be how thawne would think
0: you know exactly how he thinks which yeah. is what I, I love that insight that's that's amazing uh, we had another question from peter aquinas he's one of the hosts over on our Star Trek show, regular guest with our show, and a big fan of yours. Uh, So I have to ask at least one of his. He sent in his own book worth of questions. (laughs) And Peter, I know you're listening. I'm sorry I can't ask them all. But you've been writing Thrawn... see me
1: at a convention sometime and bring your list.
0: There we go, there we go. Uh, You've been writing Thrawn for about three decades. In your mind, how has the character evolved as you write him and as other people write him? Um, And were there some things in the original trilogy that you may have done differently now, knowing
1: the character for that much longer? I think he is basically the same character I've always written. The difference is that the newer books, he's working within first the imperial, political, uh, uh, military system, and in the Ascendancy trilogies, working within the Chiss, uh, those, those strictures. In the original trilogy, uh, five years after Return of the Jedi, he is the one in command. His lack of political skill doesn't really show up. He gives the orders and they are obeyed. He's always under the control of somebody else in the other two trilogies, and that limits him because he's not good at the politics. So it's the same character. You just start seeing more of his flaws coming through or some of his deficits. In, in the later books but I would not change anything I don't think in uh, the throne trilogy or any of the others he he's written pretty much exactly the way I wanted to write him I have no no uh no clues to, no uh, nothing to offer on how other people have done him right
0: yeah that makes sense it's uh, that's, that's perfect it's such a great greatly written character a well thought out character that I think people kind of understand how he's supposed to be written, and, and I hope they do it justice. Uh, I think we're about out of time, so thank you so much. Uh, any any last messages for our listeners or Star Wars fans all over there?
1: Uh, just continue being Star Wars fans because it's still going strong, and, and uh, we're happy to have you aboard. It's, a, it's been a fun ride so far, and I'm expecting it to continue.
0: Thank you so much.